This morning, we're going to start a series, a four-week series, and it's not going to, it's going to be a little bit longer than four weeks, but a four-week series on the fourfold gospel. And behind me, you see the Alliance logo. Now, the Alliance logo has been part of the Alliance for many, many years, and it goes right back to our founder, to A.B. Simpson, and A.B. Simpson defined the CMA's spiritual DNA with the fourfold gospel. He said it's the heart of what Alliance people believe about Jesus and forms the foundation of all that defines the Alliance movement. And so as we look at the logo there behind me, we see Christ as Savior, the cross, Christ as sanctifier, Christ as healer, and Christ as coming king. A.B. Simpson wrote a, a, a hymn uh, the title of the hymn was Myself. It's uh, Jesus only is our message. Jesus all our theme shall be. We will lift up Jesus ever. Jesus only will we see. And the chorus goes, Jesus only, Jesus ever. Jesus all in all we sing. Savior, sanctifier, and healer, glorious Lord, and coming King. So we're going to look at the fourfold gospel. We're going to unpackage the symbol here behind me. And I'm just going to define each piece. And we're going to spend this morning looking at the symbol or the, the area of Christ as coming king. I thought that was fitting as we come to the end of the year and as we're entering a new year that that would fit so well. So the crown stands for Christ, our coming king. And we believe that he will come back to this earth, and that he will reign. As you're looking at the symbol, the picture symbolizes Christ, our healer. It uses the symbol of oil for divine life and physical healing. Next Sunday, we will look at Christ, our healer, and we'll participate in communion. The cross typifies Christ, our Savior. And he died on the cross for our sins, and only through him can we be made right with God. The laver, and that's that bowl, illustrates Christ as sanctifier. The laver, it's a, supposed to represent a large basin. And it was used in God's temple for washing. So it re represents the cleansing from sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Christ, our sanctifier. So there you see the symbols of our logo. The fourfold gospel, Jesus is our savior, our sanctifier, our healer, and our coming king is key to who we are as the alliance. And, and it, it's our DNA. It's the heart of who we are. This morning we're going to begin by looking at, there we are, Christ, our coming king. So let me ask you a question. Is Christ coming back in 2024? Shall we take a poll on that? Do you think Christ is coming back in 2024? Yes, there we are. We've got one already. It's very possible. We'll see why in a moment's time. You know, as I look back over the last several years, I hear a heightened concern in reference to the return of Jesus. I think many of you have probably picked up books over the last couple years that make reference to the return of Christ. 
COVID created some of this. COVID became a world pandemic. It shifted our thinking patterns. It created a world shutdown, something that many of us had never experienced. When I think of a world shutdown, the only world shutdown that I would think of is the Second World War, and I wasn't around for that. I don't know how many of us were. I'm looking around. I don't know if any of us were around then. So for us, this would be the first time that there was a global shutdown. As we look at this area of COVID and the last number of years and what has happened, yeah, the thoughts of Jesus' return have come to our minds again and again. Some think in reference to COVID that the vaccine was a diabolical plan of world rulers and Satan to control people, right? I know some of you shared those thoughts with me back then. We were all wondering, what is this about? Some even suggested that the vaccine was somehow the mark of the beast. And we know that churches throughout Canada, there was that struggle, right? Christians became, you know, in tension with one another, at odds with one another, wondering what is this all about? Should I take the vaccine? Shouldn't I take the vaccine? Lots of questions. And then the idea of the tribulation was thrown out there. And some of you might be thinking, tribulation, what's he talking about? Well, we'll cover that in just a moment's time. And then, the concept of the rapture. There's another term. You know, Maybe we're getting close to that. And if I take the vaccine, then I'm going to have the mark of the beast and I won't be raptured. There were all kinds of thoughts out there. We move past COVID, past the shutdown. And the saddest part, we find in general, the church around the world in decline. And that's the saddest part about everything. You would think that with all the talk of end times, with all the focus on end times, that something would have changed. It did. We come out of COVID, and I would say that if we added the COVID season and the post-COVID season together, more churches have shut down in North America than in any other time period of that length in history. And churches are still closing due to COVID and post-COVID. So as 2023 comes to a close, 2024 begins, I would say that in the church, there is a preoccupation, there's there's this mindset, is Christ coming back? Is Christ coming back? Are we getting closer? Yes, we are. The war in Israel in October, it just added fuel to those thoughts. Book sales in the end times, they're on a rise, on an increase. A question that we probably avoid without realizing it, and I have it on the PowerPoint, if Jesus came back today, what 
difference would this make in your life? There's a question worth thinking about. Because I think we get so caught up in the end times, so caught up in these discussions and debates, and in the area of rapture, is there a rapture, isn't there a rapture, all this stuff. But maybe we fail to ask one of the most important questions. If Jesus came back today, what difference would this make in your life? Well, what would happen or what happens when Jesus comes back? When Jesus comes back, he will establish a thousand-year reign on earth. That's what will happen. So one of the first things is if you are alive when Jesus comes back, you will be part of a thousand-year reign. Now, some of this stuff gets a little bit fuzzy. And I know there's end-time prophets. They have this stuff so marked out. But the thing is, they don't all agree with each other, if you notice that. There's a lot of disagreement in that. So some of it gets a little fuzzy. But there's the main points that we can land on. Revelation 20 and 21. That's kind of an area that we'll focus on for a moment. The people who are living, and this is Revelation 20 and 21, it tells us that the people who are living at the time of Jesus' will return will continue to live under the rule and reign of Jesus. They will multiply. This will go on for a thousand years. There's the thousand-year reign of Jesus. Satan and his demons, they will be thrown in prison during that thousand-year reign. So Jesus comes back. Satan and the demons are rounded up and they're thrown in prison for a thousand years. Those who have died in Christ prior to Jesus' coming will return with Jesus. And they will reign with him for a thousand years. And this is sometimes referred to as the first resurrection. After a thousand years, Satan will be led out of prison and he will have the freedom to roam planet Earth. And as he roams planet Earth, he will lead many astray. Many will follow him. Can you imagine that? After a thousand year reign of Jesus, people living under the rule and reign of Jesus, Satan's going to be let go, let out of prison, and people will choose to follow Satan even when Jesus is present. And there will be a great rebellion. A great rebellion. Satan will gather all his followers together and, and go against Jesus. And after this battle, all of humanity will come before God's throne. Satan and the angels that rebelled against God, the demons, all those whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, all of them will be thrown into hell for eternity. 
Revelation 20. I'm going to read now the scripture. I kind of highlighted for you. I'm going to read now the scripture, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. If you have your Bibles, crack them open quickly. Revelation 20, 11 to 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So there we have the end, we could say. And then what happens? God wipes everything out. And he creates a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21, 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. That's what the scriptures tell us. So again, stop. Just let that stuff soak in for a moment. If Jesus came back today, what difference would this make in your life? If Jesus came back today, he would establish a thousand-year reign. So, I mean, when is Jesus coming back? When is Jesus coming back? That's a good question. I asked it already. Is he coming back in 2024? And we don't know. But the scriptures do give hints towards his coming you know, and so Westgate is a part of the Christian Mission Alliance of Canada. And in our statement of faith, we have an interesting phrase. It says, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent. So in our statement of faith, that which we hold to, that which we believe as the Christian Missionary Alliance of Canada, we say that the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent and will be personal and visible. What does the word imminent mean? It means that it's coming or likely to happen very soon. It's impending. And so we believe that Christ could come back at any time. Yes, there are a lot of things that we find, prophecies in Scripture. And we're guessing, did this, you know, is this happening? Or has this been fulfilled? And all these questions. And we're not sure. Hindsight is always 2020. 
And so when it's all said and done, we'll look back and say, oh yeah, why didn't I see it? We believe that the return of Jesus could happen at any time. And when he returns, his rule and reign will be established. This is presented to us in the Old Testament. And we could say that it was the hope of all who believed in God. Right from the beginning, it's already there. That God would establish, literally, literally establish his kingdom. Jesus teaches of his physical return and the establishment of that kingdom while he walked this earth. Matthew 24 and 25, two great chapters on the return of Christ. Matthew 24, verse 30, it says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm coming back. And all peoples of the earth, they'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. After Jesus' resurrection, he gathered his disciples together in the region of Galilee on a mountain, and there he ascended into the sky. And the disciples watched as Jesus rose into the sky. They were straining their eyes. It says it this way, as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him. Exactly the same as Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 24. So we believe in the physical return of Jesus. That Jesus is going to return. The Bible is so clear about this. And when he returns, everything is going to be restored and his rightful reign is going to be established. The church, that's you and I who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to this. We want this to happen. The Bible's filled, though, with many prophecies, end-time prophecies. And we're trying to sort them out. They help us a little bit. They're kind of like a countdown. And there are those end-time prophets, and they're chasing these prophecies. And the question is, will they be right? And the answer is maybe, in part, maybe. But let's go back to what, you know, is happening here and what Jesus says. The disciples, well, let's go back and say the disciples asked the same question. Matthew chapter 24, 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, it says the disciples came to him and privately tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay? That's the question. So 
the timing of the return of Jesus, right? He gives a detailed outline of some of the events in Matthew 24 and 25, but here it is, Matthew 24, 36. It says, but about the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we go back again. Those end-time prophets, they're guessing, they're thinking, they're, they're putting out theories. Will they be right? I'm going to say no. Because it says, about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. No one knows, not even Jesus. So I would say that those that are chasing these prophecies are on a doomed path. Yes, the book of Revelation gives us detailed accounts of some of the events. Yes, the book of Daniel gives us details of some of the events that will happen before Jesus returns and even after Jesus returns, what will take place. But those events, when they happen, can I tell you this? It's too late. Because we would put most of those events into a three and a half year countdown. Many people get caught up in trying to figure out the events when, when these things are going to happen. But I think that you're wasting your time. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Jesus' return is imminent. And when Jesus returns, the whole of creation will be liberated. The curse that was opposed upon creation will be lifted. Romans 8, 18 to 21, the thousand year reign. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. When Christ returns, everything will be put right. So, will I miss the return of Jesus? The early church asked that question. They were wondering. And the answer is no, and I've already alluded to it. Now I'm going to go to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. And in Revelation 1, verses 5 to 8, we read the following. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. 
nobody, nobody will miss the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he will come, he will establish his reign for a thousand years. Satan will be put in prison. Then after a thousand years, Satan will be released. He will create havoc on the earth. He will amass an army. And he will go against the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will be defeated. A lot of us are wondering, when is Jesus going to come back? And so we dive into these prophecies, trying to figure things out. And I've said already, I think that's wrong. I think that's a total wrong approach to the end times. And from an alliance perspective, we would say it's wrong. This is the right approach. And Jesus is so clear about this. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Forget about all those other signs. Let's focus on one sign and ask one question. Has the gospel been proclaimed to the ends of the earth? And the answer is no, it hasn't. There are still many people who have not heard the gospel. So what must we do until the return of Jesus? We must prepare ourselves for the return of Jesus. How can I prepare myself for the return of Jesus? By becoming more like Jesus. By reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ. By walking closer with the Lord Jesus Christ. By caring more about his creation. By being bold and sharing the gospel with the lost. The whole focus of the New Testament's teaching about the return of Christ can be summarized in two simple propositions. First, Christ is coming. We need to be ready. And second, before Jesus comes, the gospel needs to be preached to all. According to the Joshua Project, there's approximately 25% of the world that is still unreached. 25% of the world has not heard the gospel. Is Christ going to come back in 2024? Maybe. But what that would mean is you and I, we need to get busy. We need to get bold for Jesus. We need to drop all fear and share the gospel with the people in our circle. And then we need to help to send people to other parts of the world so the gospel can be shared. Again, Matthew 24, 14. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Christ is coming king. He comes first to be king in your life. Right? When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, he is to be king. And if he is king in your life, then you are a servant of his. And you are to be bold for him. You cross all barriers sharing Jesus. You drop all sin in an effort to live holiness so that people would see Jesus, the character of Jesus. You live for Jesus. So I want to challenge us as we come to the end of 2023 and as we enter 2024. Let's bring back the king. Let's bring back Jesus. How do we do that? As Westgate Alliance Church, we become more diligent in our faith. We send out more workers around the world. How do we do that? Well, we become more diligent in our faith by walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, by reading the word, by praying, by encouraging one another. The church is a body. And we need to build relationships within the body of Christ. We work together. We work together to reach this world. And so we have to be a body. The word of God, prayer, a loving community that loves the world around us. If we don't love ourselves, it would be hard to love our neighbor. So that's where it begins. So I want to encourage you to do that. Start. Start by reaching out right here in this congregation, building relationships, sharing Christ, telling stories of what he has done, embolden one another in the Lord Jesus Christ. Challenge one another to share faith, to be bold. And then empower others to go out. Again, through prayer, through finances, words of encouragement. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you as we bring this year to a close and we would ask that you would help us to be the church that you want us to be that we would be bold for Jesus, that we would go forth with the gospel, Lord. May Westgate be a church that's a loving community of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. May we not just love ourselves, but let us love our neighbor. Father, we realize it starts with us loving you. And so guide and direct us in this, Lord. And may our hearts be excited 
as we think of the return of Jesus. We would ask that you'd come back soon. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Worship team is going to lead us in singing our closing song.